You're listening to Around the World on Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio. This is Around the World with me, Michael Howarth, and... And me, Francis Howarth. Yay! Together we are a team, uh, have been for many, many years. And, um, ooh, God, are you awake yet? Yeah? That was an early, early start yesterday. But, yes, glad we had an early night in the end. <laughs> I don't know. For getting up at four o'clock for a flight is always hard. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, But still, it all went smoothly, and we arrived. And the good news was, it was only a ten-minute drive from the airport to get us to Puerto Montenegro, wasn't it? Yeah, the opening of Tivat Airport uh, uh, with regard to flights, direct flights into uh, the UK, has made a huge difference. I mean, you remember last time we were here. It was a lovely drive from Croatia, yeah, but it was a long it way. It was a long old way, and we had to catch the ferry, and uh, that could have got uh, frantic And if you were running late for a flight if you were going back the other way, wouldn't it? Yes, and I did hear that the border can sometimes be a total nightmare, yeah. and people have spent two hours waiting in it. So I'm very glad that it's only just a short 10-minute drive. Yep, so um, the uh, Regent Hotel uh, picked us up very smartly from... Uh, out just outside the airport and whisked us here, as Francis says, in about five or so minutes. Fabulous hotel. I mean, absolutely gorgeous. and um, Completely different, isn't it, from, from Cyprus? Oh, yeah, last week. A we... small family hotel to a large, well, not multinational, but a, but a, but a very smart five-star hotel. Definitely. And very, With all the bells and whistles. Definitely. Spas and... Uh, and swimming pools, three swimming pools, yeah, no, and lovely, some lovely restaurants. The whole complex, I think, of uh, car, um, I was going to say car, I mean, Porto <laughs> Montenegro is really uh, too much travel, isn't it? Um, it has really grown up since we were last here. Yes, I think they have achieved exactly what they set out to do and still growing. Yeah. But it's looking very smart and very neat around here and um, very enjoyable. Unfortunately, the weather isn't quite as nice. No, that's true. That's true. Um, but we got here in time to enjoy Independence Day here in Montenegro. Countries... Sounds like a film. Yes, it does. <laughs> Come in, Will Smith. Um, so, yeah, I mean, bless their little cotton socks. Only 13 years old, but uh, still, they're very proud of their independence, aren't they? So... And they des- undeservedly so. And they've got a very long history, which is very interesting, with a lot of Italian influence here, with 400 years being... Um, Venetian has made, I think, quite a big difference. And you can certainly see it in the cuisine, yeah. which has very strong elements of Italian food to it. Yeah, the uh, the risotto in, and the pasta and the pizzas and what have you. I mean, very definitely um, Italian, as you, as you say, but uh, with, with, with Montenegrin flair, I can best describe it. So, uh, yes, and the, um, the whole complex had put on lots of activities to celebrate uh, Independence Day. There was archery, there was um, uh, well, they were playing chess, weren't they? A huge chess. Yes, a lot, a lot of children around enjoying stand up paddleboards and uh, oppies, lo- lots of oppies sailing in the bay. And... But the saddest thing was that thunderstorm that Ooh. wiped out the barbecue on the beach. <laughs> that, the was, end that was going to be take that, place. That was a shame. It was a mother and a father of a, uh, a thunderstorm, but um, yes, definitely. Yep. But was... still, it was much better today, and we've had a, a lovely um, tour around the area. By, by motorboat. Yeah, well, that's the way to go, isn't it? Take the tender. Don't don't take the roads when you can do it all by boat. It's actually shorter if you go by boat. And that's what we did. Um, zoomed in to uh, visit Kotor. Um, UNESCO heritage site. Lovely, lovely little town. Mm. How do I put this politely? A bit uh, too many tourists, I think. <laughs> I too s- many cruise ships. Now. Infested by cruise oh, ships. Yeah, But it still is. Drop dead gorgeous. It is. And the whole area is so beautiful. You don't know where to look first. Yeah, but note, note to captains, um, get get your guests on it, on the tender. Go, do an early morning or an early evening. Uh, I suspect, actually, you're probably better in the evening because I, I think that, like a lot of places, I suspect the cruise ships disappear after lunch. Yeah. So I think you'll probably find that early morning is not the time. But... I'm sure that there are plenty of people here who would advise you on that. Yeah, they, they we're did, not the experts. It did calm it down a bit uh, by lunchtime. All, all the uh, all the cruise ship passengers were going back to eat their uh, eat their lunch on board. I've bought it, so I'm going to eat it. Uh, anyway, 
<laughs> Don't we, be naughty. No, I'm, I'm, I mustn't be naughty. Anyway, we we didn't have to uh, go back to uh, our ship for lunch. In fact, we went... Uh, to Paras, didn't we, we? we? We did, but on the way, we did what we've never done before because we've uh, seen it, we've passed it, we've taken loads and loads of photographs, but this time we landed on it. it our Lady of the Rocks, that lovely little... I suppose you'd call it an artificial island, created by, apparently, so legend says, I'm, I don't know whether it's true or not, by the fishermen dropping rocks, and then they finally built a church on the rocks that they dropped. But it certainly is very rocky and held together with a lot of concrete now. It's a pretty but little island, isn't it? It was nice to visit, finally. Yeah, and um, uh, as I say, we've, we've taken loads of images of it. It's one of those iconic sort of landmark places. You, If you come into the Bay of Cotor or Boca Bay, as other people call it, um, you, you just have to take pictures of it. Uh, nice deep water all the way around it. Uh, the other island, by the way, is uh, called St. George's, and that's not man-made. It's actually uh, a lot prettier. Because <laughs> it it's got trees it's got on greenery it. on it hasn't it yeah so uh Perast, uh, Perast was 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 nice had lunch at the uh, Conte Hotel Water's Edge and now we we must get ready for the show mustn't we <sighs> oh I suppose that's what we have how we We're earn our living work. isn't it <laughs> <laughs> not just to enjoy ourselves and I'm looking forward to talking to everybody and learning a lot more about what's gone on in the seven years since we were last here yeah we've uh, got we're going to talk with uh, John Stevens who's a sales manager Tony Brown who's uh, heads up the uh, director looking forward to speaking with Danilo who handles all the PR him. and more importantly he's Pontine- Montenegrin he is Grin. Montenegrin yeah. and 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 he's going to put us to shame because he used to be um a, a journal- radio journalist yeah a radio journalist do you think he'll spot that we're imposters I think he might <laughs> do you think he'll be kind enough to to us <laughs> amateurs we may be but we bring you to uh we, we bring you a show that's full of interest and uh, we're going to wrap up our uh, chattering uh later on i'm hoping when uh, we get to speak to kai who is the general manager of this fabulous hotel but uh that all uh said um we, time we for some music, it's time it? for some something. music so let's 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 play some music and then get on with the show here on super radio from Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome back. It's uh, around the world. Francis and Michael Howarth reporting as we do from around the world. And this time we've uh, sunk ourselves deep into the Adriatic and landed on the shores of Montenegro, specifically in the marina of Porto Montenegro. We've chatted to captains, we've chatted to directors and sales directors, and now we're hugely privileged to uh, chat with Danilo. Uh, I said that wrong. Danilo, uh, I've done that wrong too. So why don't you introduce yourself? My name is uh, Danilo Kalezic. You see, you did it so <laughs> much. Easy. You did it so much better <laughs> so, than I did. So easy when you're born with them. Yeah, clearly. So, so you speak you speak this language quite like a local. I'm quite like a local. Yeah. I think I think that I'm ninety percent there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, of course. <laughs> so, so I mean, seriously, you you are from Montenegro, then? Yes, I am from Montenegro. And this is a fairly new country. We're going to be celebrating Independence Day uh, tomorrow. In fact, that's correct. Thirteen years. Thirteen. Yes. Yeah. Somebody told me eleven. So we've either had inflation or they had it wrong. Oh, am I right? I think I'm right. Two thousand six. Yeah, thirteen. This is yeah. two thousand nineteen. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We got our independence on the twenty first of May, two thousand six. There you ah, go. Somebody we, else got it wrong. Yeah. We, um, and and we, you know what? They were Montenegrin too. They were, yes. Mm. We won't say who. We <laughs> won't say who. So, and you're here looking after the PR and, and the marketing. And uh, you were telling me earlier that you've been here since uh, God invented the place. Exactly, since God invented the, uh, the place and Montenegro, just joking, I guess, since God invented Montenegro, that's actually not far from true, uh, I reinvented in 2006. No, I joined in 2011, uh, Puerto Montenegro was founded in 2008, uh, Mr. Monk came in 2006, um, yeah, ironically the same year, or good, good fortune, the same year when Anna 
on Sveti Stefan opened the first five-star hotel in Montenegro, when we got our independence back and when he started negotiating with the government of Montenegro, leasing this uh, property of former military factory called Arsenal that was founded in 1889 by Austrian-Hungarian that he uh, took over with his team in 2006 start negotiation and then huge remediation process until until 2008. Let's come back to the history in a minute. I mean, when you joined, did you ever imagine it was going to be this? When I joined the team, uh, well, you know what? I knew that, it, that something big is, ha- is coming, that something big is happening. Uh, back then, when um, first glimpses of Puerto Montenegro started, I kind of my family thought that, oh, I guess like most of the families in Montenegro, yeah, right, Supriate industry in Montenegro. And ba- imagine back then, after 90s and after mm. nothing much happening in Montenegro since the collapse of former Yugoslavia, uh, people were really, you know, under the impression, yeah, right, a huge international investor coming to Montenegro. Mm, yeah, that's that's never going to happen. I'm talking 2007, 6, 7, 8. Uh, was the general feeling he was a nutcase then? It was. A, I think it was a general feeling that mm. like, uh, but again, bear in mind, uh, end of 90s in Montenegro, not the luckiest time in the world, especially not because, you know, I was back then very young and I remember, you know, people um, talking that, you know, we will A, never get independence from Serbia, uh, B, um, we weren't that, in- we thought that we're, we weren't that interesting to the international investors. And then, of course, independence happened in 2006 and three milestone things happened at the same time. I'm thinking, again, independence. Aman Sveti Stefan opened as the first five-star hotel in Montenegro and uh, uh, Mr. Mank coming and seeing Prime Minister Baghdad to talk about leasing the arsenal. Mm. Wow, that makes it three things that you've mentioned. To have Mr. Mank as one of those three things is pretty, pretty impressive. Most certainly is, uh, and I think that, uh, of course, since uh, consider Porto Montenegro one of the first international investments back then uh, in Montenegro, and uh, it needed a huge strength and huge kind of a vision to first of all come to the uh, country that didn't quite know what Supriate industry is. None of us did. Uh, we back then, you know, I was just telling to somebody else a few few hours ago, if I knew that uh, Supriate industry will be this popular in this part of the world, maybe I wouldn't be uh, a graduated journalist nor uh, would be finishing my MA thesis in PR. I might be doing something a bit more concretely oriented towards the uh, Supriate industry, who knows? But the good thing is that now the kids, the kids, young young girls and boys who are finishing their schools are very Montenegro, are very oriented towards the Supriate industry. So, so if the locals thought Peter Monk was a bit of a nutter uh, back then, what do you think the locals think of it now? I think that they do believe it's a kind of a, one of the most important things that ever happened to Montenegro in, in, in the recent history of Montenegro, where the, we're by all, all the statistics, we're the biggest uh, international invest, investment in Montenegro, in next Yugoslavia. Uh, we hire more than 1,000 local people. Uh, all, every, I think every second family in Boca Bay is this way or the other uh, connected um, with Porto Montenegro, uh, either their suppliers or their directors employed by us or their work on one of the yachts that are birthed with us. We have 64, five, I think 65 to 70 retail shops in the village. Again, all of them are hiring from say five to 50 uh, people. So all that community is growing kind of uh, the butterfly effect of Porto Montenegro is also uh, growing. I think that nowadays even people from the north of Montenegro are constantly applying to the jobs around. At first it was really just around. So give us some practical examples. I mean, let's say outside of this village, outside of Porto Montenegro, what have you seen in the, say, the immediately outside here? That, that has changed since Montenegro because of, because of the because yeah. First of all, I think that even when you guys were here back in 2012, you knew, you saw if you kind of paid attention to Tivat itself, which is again just next to us, we're one, we're one. it's not even next, we're part of each other. Uh, the Tivat main walkaway was fairly, you know, not really eye appealing, if I, if I may say that. And uh, we were, again, bear in mind that Tivat was a former military shipyard, meaning 
it was it wasn't the cleanest town in in the world um, a lot of positive things in terms that everybody is kind of a painting the, their facade like like we are now everything is going back to this um, uh, you know poetics of um, nautical Venetian uh, history that we're preserving here, a lot of cupolas and so on and so forth. Five new hotels open in the in the last four years in Tivat, only in Tivat town, and I'm and bear in mind that Tivat has around seventeen thousand citizens, so it's not a it's Very not small. a big yeah, it's big not town. big. Uh, um, again, a lot of small shops and everything. Even if you open um, a local uh, newspapers, everything is uh, whoever is selling something or rent the apartment uh, they're always uh, saying like 100 meters from Porto Montenegro 50 so it's almost like a benchmark if you're 500 meters for Porto it might be a bit cheaper if you're 50 meters from Porto <laughs> you're a bit more what more about pricey. schools has, has a, have any schools sort of grown up in, 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 in the time that the marine has been here of course uh, first of all because the youngsters are the future of the marine exactly they? exactly that's why the uh, Ministry of uh, Education of Montenegro opened the small branch of uh, their university here dedicated solely to the nautical uh, tourism uh, which is here in, in, in Tivat uh, even high school change we have only in, in, in Tivat one high school and uh, one elementary school but for the for the town this big it's 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 very enough um, we do have um, uh, in high school the, the the program only again uh, towards the especially the technical part of uh, of yachting industry so we have a lot of kids who are uh, kind of uh, transforming them more to the to the uh, to the te te technical part of the of the artists, if I, I may. And of course you've forgotten one other thing that's changed here since we came last time. The way we got here, the airport. The airport, there you go. The airport, I would, uh, for me, airport was always, but of course it's not. It's, it's changed uh, a, a lot. And uh, I guess the entire town and surroundings, uh, uh, if you're from around, you know that uh, everybody's paying more attention. I live in uh, one of the buildings uh, a, few, a few miles uh, from, from Porto. Uh, everybody's paying much more attention to the uh, greenery. Everybody's kind of, uh, oh, we are this, you know, close to Porto. We need to do this because you know we want them to feel we want everybody to feel that Tivat is growing uh, uh, even kind of uh, this is a maybe a stupid example but anyhow I'll say it uh, the program kind of as the summer programs that Tivat is uh, um, even the all year round programs, cultural programs are now more international than ever. Um, five years ago or seven years ago, if you would come here, coming from all around the globe in August, you would mainly be able to hear and, and, and see ex-Yugoslavian, say, plays uh, and theater plays. Today, it's all about inter bringing international and us kind of uh, educating our kids to kind of speak fluent English, uh, travel a lot and do these exchange cultural programs with a lot of other people. I hope the, you're not losing anything there, oh, the it's, Montenegro. It's always about, wow. you know, giving and losing. I can't, from, as a Montenegrin, I can't tell you that we haven't lost a thing. Of course, we, we uh, not just because of Porto Montenegro, but um, did we lose uh, uh, some people who kind of, uh, but we would lo lose them anyhow, who left and uh, continued their studies, studies uh, somewhere else. Would they come back thanks to Porto or Porto Novi or Lushtitz or a few other uh, around? What's good that we see a lot of people who went uh, abroad, coming back to, to, to Montenegro to, with, to work for the international right. company, uh, which, is, which is really good. Yeah. Danilo, I'm really enjoying our chat, so much so I'm going to uh, just interrupt and, and ask you to stay with us uh, while we play this great uh, music. And when we get back, uh, I want you to say, well, I'll tell you what I want you to uh, chat about. So let's listen to this. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio, and I have pulled off a bit of a coup because I have persuaded Danilo to uh, to stay with us. And uh, so here he is back again on Around the World with Francis and Michael Howarth. More to the point, we aren't letting him out of the door yet. <laughs> <laughs> we think he can tell us a little bit more about well, the area. Yeah, but he did say, he did say, mention wine. So yes. I mean, we might sort of, yeah. Mm. Mm. I'm absolutely enjoying it so far. <laughs> so, thank you so much. What Francis and I were chattering about, 
that, why we were listening to that music was, you know, when we were looking at the program that you guys have organised for us, which is which is hugely exciting. Um, but it got us to thinking about what would um, what would you do if you were a captain uh, bringing a charter guests here. Let's say you 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 suggested they they stop off at uh, Montenegro on their way down from Venice. What what would the captain say to his guests about what he'd got planned for them? Well, that's a really good question, uh, and I think that we're now working uh, better than ever to kind of uh, really clarify things that Montenegro is super small and that you can in three hours of drive come from one part of Montenegro to the completely other, almost from one border crossing to the completely opposite one towards the Albanian coast, for example. So, so sounds like Kent, the county of Kent. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but it's like, it, it really is uh, the fact that, again, Montenegro has uh, 650,000 inhabitants, so we're a small country, uh, very small country, and you can really do a lot of things. Uh, people love who are a bit more aventuristic, love to see the deepest canyon in the world after Grand Canyon, Arizona, that there are rarely people who are not. That's here? That's in Montenegro, believe it or not. Wow. Um, one of the three latest, last, well, the, the ones that are still exist, rainforests in Montenegro, in Europe exist in Montenegro. You've got rainforests as well? Yes. I didn't believe know that. Or not. Yeah, a lot of people do wow. not. Uh, the Grand Canyon canyon of Tara is an amazing place for rafting, uh, up, doing picnics even now, glampings are quite popular uh, up in the north, it's like three, three and a half hours of drive. Completely opposite thing though, if you want to do a bit of a kite surfing, we have uh, this amazing 12 kilometer long beach, which is a bit more kind of a hippie oriented, but uh, quite loose and cool, um, which is uh, towards the Albania. So if we are as, as, as Porto Montenegro, as Boca Bay, uh, towards, we are located uh, a bit more towards the Dalmatian coast, towards Dubrovnik. This is a completely opposite site of uh, 287 kilometers, which is the total of the length of Montenegrin uh, coast. Uh, if you would like to do something a bit more urban, of course, Podgorica, the capital, is on the hour and 20 minutes of drive from here. Um, good nightlife there, uh, great restaurants and cool uh, food chains, especially for younger people. And of course, Budva, which is known as a kind of a party hub of Montenegro throughout the summer, uh, with um, a very cool discotheque called Top Hill, which is, I think, one of the three uh, biggest open air discos, uh, kind of a clubs, open air clubs in, in, in Europe. Are you, so, are you a clubber? Do you like going clubs? Only when I'm not in Montenegro. <laughs> you say it's open air there. So yeah. what are the temperatures like in summer? Uh, 35, 30 to 35 degrees of Celsius. Uh, so uh, again, night, night temperatures are dropping to 24, 25. It's so very comfortable. It's very comfortable. It's very comfortable. The warmest, you know, the hottest day in, day in Montenegro is like, say, 2nd of August, where it could be. 40 at, uh, in, in Podgorica, uh, in the capital, but uh, the, the, the shore is quite cool and uh, thanks to the winds and thanks to the proximity of the water, obviously, it's quite nice. And of course, the entire Montenegro and Serbia are moving towards the coast uh, as uh, the 1st of July starts and the holiday season starts and then everybody is around until the end of uh, August and it's pretty, it's pretty packed. <laughs> mm. So the, the population almost doubles then when, uh, when the holidaymakers are here. Well, the people say that there is, uh, there is a legend, I don't know if it's a fact or not, that there is one million of Montenegrin, Montenegrins outside of Montenegro, living outside of Montenegro, and only less than a million in Montenegro. So there is around two million of us. And again, bear in mind that we were with Serbia for a long time, so a lot of people are kind of married with Serbs or feeling Serbs uh, or feeling Croatians. Montenegro is really cool because it's very, uh, kind of uh, uh, mixed, especially Boca Bay is mixed with uh, equal per percentage of Catholics and, and Orthodox and uh, a small percentage of Muslims and then if you go north the percentage of Catholics would go down and percentage of Muslims would go up. But anyhow that's good because it's kind of uh, uh, everything is, we, you have this feeling that every everybody is the same in Montenegro. And what's more important in, in Boca Bay, which is kind of uh, my um, very good, good point when I'm trying to pursue some of my friends to come and live in Montenegro, not necessarily in Porto, but just around, is uh, Boca Bay is a very safe place. It's kind of a bit, not just safe in terms of the winds, uh, that's definitely a fact, but for families, uh, we don't have... Uh, Low crime. Exactly. Knock the wood, we don't have pickpocketers. We don't have, um, you know, crime in general. It's like 
percent of, of, of crime is one percent, I think, or something like that. There you go. Earlier you were mentioning that you didn't have things that Port Vale had in uh, one ocean, and um, they have pickpockets in abundance. So, uh, <laughs> as we know. As, as we, we well know. know <laughs> as we well know. Now listen, um, if, if I were to draw um, an image of, uh, a visual image of um, Boca Bay, I think there are two things that um, I, I might draw. One would be your iconic crane on, on the dock. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful landmark and something for captains to aim at when, exactly. when, when they're looking for the marina. But the other would be that pretty little church in the middle of Boca uh, oh, yes, Bay. Our Lady so, of the Rock. Our Lady of the Rock. Rock. So tell us about that because that's an island apparently that... That's well, go a, on, you tell the story. Yeah, that's a, that's the artificial island, and uh, it's amazing. It's, of, of course, one of the iconic uh, things that you are absolutely right, Michael. You have to see it when you're in, in Montenegro. Again, uh, not far from Porta, and it's uh, in the heart of, of Boca Bay. Uh, Our Lady of the Rocks and uh, St. George, one next to the to each other, both Catholic um, churches uh, there. The legend says that, uh, again, uh, a lot of centuries ago, uh, a local fisherman found an icon of Holy Mary um, on the on the rock there, it was only one rock, one small rock existing, and it was a sign a sign for a local fishermen that they need to build. Um, an island there and then they've started putting a lot of stone 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 until they created basically a base for uh, the island it's an artificial island and you can see because if you're approaching the uh, island to your right if you're approaching to Peras the island to your right would be St. George the completely natural island full of greenery and then to your left would be Our Lady of the Rocks uh, completely uh, nude in terms of the of the greenery because it's uh, it's the artificial island the other uh, and it's closer to the reality uh, says and if you when you enter the the church you'll see it um, there is the icon of uh, Holy Mary done by a, a, a local lady who did it uh, waiting for her captain to come back or she waited all a life long and you can see because uh, when she was doing she was doing the entire embroidery with her uh, hair and you can see while the, the time passed by that her hair was starting to become gray and gray and gray and you'll see the entire embroidery becoming from dark um, dark um, uh, almost like pitch black to the to the completely gray when she uh, died in her 80s waiting for her uh, husband to come back from journey how ironic that, that one of the icons of uh, Montenegro should be in fact an icon so <laughs> <laughs> that's that's very much correct and if I were a radio journalist I'd say that wraps up things rather nicely and uh, I want to say thank you so much for joining us here on round the world here on super yacht radio uh, I've enjoyed our chat with it's we've, we've spent a little longer than we usually do with guests but that's a testament to uh, the way you've kept Francis and I entertained so thank you very much Thank you um, so much. You mentioned a bottle of wine, um, but that's another story. <laughs> so uh, let, let's listen to this. You're listening to Around the World on Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio. Welcome back. Francis and I are around the world as we usually are on this show. And uh, this occasion, we are in Montenegro. And I'm getting myself all caught up in the microphone lead, but never mind. So we are in Montenegro. And uh, what comes to mind when you say Montenegro as a country? If you're involved in Subiots, it's got to be Porto Montenegro, that uh, huge complex that is becoming uh, more and more an important landmark on the uh, super yacht berthing scene, a fabulous uh, marina that um, is, I mean, a few decades, what, a decade or so ago, didn't really exist and has uh, sprung into prominence and is absolutely fabulous. We're here. We're here with Tony Brown, the marina director, and uh, John Stevens. We're joined by John, and John is sales manager. Now, John, that's uh, an impressive but awfully vague title. So uh, tell us, what, what does sales manager encompass? Basically, selling, uh, selling the berths to uh, any, any of the yachts and also uh, selling the real estate here. Okay. So you, you sell a berth for what? 
Five years? Uh, Ten we years? We can sell a berth anywhere from a day through to uh, 30 years. Right. But selling and leasing or, or, or renting and what have you, there's got, there's got to become a break point when, when I don't know. There is. Uh, right, we, so. we, we'll sell uh, on an annual basis up to 10 years. Right. And then uh, leasing from 10 years through to 30. Right. And, um, I mean, size? I mean, what, what size can we go we up can from? We can go up to, uh, we've got a, a berth we can take up to uh, 280, I think. It's about as big as... We're big talking as meters, not meters, feet. Right. Good man, yes. good man. We're so, in the international station, so, but we like we like to use meters. <laughs> so uh, from, uh, from a, a little rib, six meters through to 280 meters. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, Tony, we've one of the things I've noticed as we walk around, I mean, this is this is almost a marina within marinas. We've got we've got the sort of little sort of docking pods almost, haven't we? Is, um, is that intentional? Yeah, I mean, we've we are a super yacht marina, so we really do cater for the biggest of the biggest around the world. But um, I almost look at it like a, a, a glass, you know, a glass jar or something like that. You put in the big rocks and you've got a lot of space around that left over. And this analogy is used for a lot of things, but it's good for a, a marina as well. So once you've got all the big rocks in your glass jar, you put in the small stones and then you put in the sand and then you put in the water and then your jar is full. And that's how our marina operates in terms of the the different um, lengths of berths and boats and occupancy throughout the marina basin. Now, I'm not sure that super yacht captains want to know too many rocks in, in your basin, but... Uh... No, there aren't any actual rocks <laughs> in the basin. Um, maybe I'd need something other than rocks in that analogy. But, so uh, uh, let, let's just quickly touch on... on, on um, um, restrictions. I mean, birth uh, birth size, uh, John said 280, two John, yeah? 280, yeah. Um, depth? There's, it's really unlimited, particularly when you get into the larger size vessels. So we're very lucky in this enclosed waterway, which is the, the Bock of Katorska or the Bay of Kotor, um, on this Tibat side. We're on a natural shelf. This shipyard that is now Porto Montenegro was first developed in 1889. Um, and it was developed where it is because of its strategic location on this nice shelf that comes off the shoreline and then goes out um, and drops away quite deeply into the, the bay, into the fjord. So it starts um, at around five meters, and the deepest berths that we have currently are at about 14 meters. So how many berths do you have here? We've got 456. And any plans to enlarge? There are, yes. So the government's given us permission to build 850 berths eventually. Um, we've had a couple of different expansions. We actually started with 84 berths. We went to 156. Then we went to 252 and now we're at 456 and eventually we'll make our way out to that full um, permitted allowance of 850 at some point in the future. When, when did the marina first open? We opened kind of a soft opening trial basis in 2009 and we had uh, one jetty with a couple of pontoons that um, as the berths came online we used it as a training ground for the crew, uh, for, the, uh, for the dockers, the crew that work here. Um, and we officially opened in 2010, for the summer of 2010. I don't know whether you remember, but we, Francis and I, came here when we were working for a magazine called Super Yacht Business. We came here to interview uh, Peter Monk, who is the, uh, the founding father, if you like, of, uh, of <clears throat> the, um, the, the whole complex. And uh, you, you were here then, and quite confidently you told me uh, then, and I remember you saying yeah, that you'd be at 450, and by golly you are, aren't you? We are, yeah. Um, I mean, Peter Monk was just an amazing uh, visionary um, who really wanted to create something unique and different here in this part of the world. He'd had super yachts uh, all his life, be it through ownership or chartering, and he recognised that there aren't many places in the world that have the, I guess, first of all, natural beauty and um, amazing nature that, that comes with this location, but also the facility that existed, as I mentioned before, with this existing shipyard. Um, so we utilised the, the, the military-grade infrastructure that was here, if you like, in terms of the jetties and their construction, um, and built on top of it and then expanded from it. And yes, at the time you were here, we had the 256 berths, which I think I mentioned. 
Um, and now we're at 456. So yeah, I don't um, suffer from lack of confidence. I'm glad that I said it then and we did actually achieve it. Um, you know, it could have been different. But, uh, <laughs> You're clearly a, clearly a man of your word. Clearly a man of your word. Now listen, uh, going back to our interview, sadly not for Super Yacht Radio because um, Super Yacht Radio didn't exist back then when we were chatting to uh, Peter. Um, uh, but Peter wasn't shy. You, you said a military establishment. He called it a Soviet uh, um, submarine pen and he said that um, one of the things he had to do was dig out some uh, submarines and um, uh, actually get them out of the, out of the water I mean w was he pulling our leg back then or w was that real no well I guess the, the, to best answer the question it's probably um, essentially... we're just chatting we're not answering questions well to, to <laughs> chat about it so I mean, okay, so I, we all got here in 2007, those of us that were here at the beginning. Um, Peter had seen the place in 2005 and started negotiations through 2006, and, and then we started the, to really build out the team um, in 2007. And at that time, when we had finished the negotiations on the sales and purchase agreement, there were, I think from memory, 63 military vessels that were within the marina, uh, or the port, as it was at the time. Um, now, the the deal with the government was that they would remove the vessels um, when we when we needed them to so that we could develop the new marina complex. And as part of those vessels, we had three frigates, we had minesweepers, we had patrol boats, we had sail training vessels, square rig sail training vessels, and yes, submarines. Right, so a whole super yacht fleet almost in the making. <laughs> there was, yeah. They, um, I, I don't think, the refit. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely needed a refit. The paint jobs weren't quite up to scratch in terms of the Wrong colour as well. Wrong colour. But yeah, no, we had, um, we had the biggest that we had was a nine torpedo, um, uh, 900 tonne, sorry, eight torpedo, 900 tonne um, submarine that was in the water. Um, Alongside one of the jetties, I actually had the pleasure of going inside it when it was when it was sitting on in the water, which was quite an eerie experience. Mm. And it almost felt like it had just stopped working and had been abandoned. And were you know. all these ships laid up? Were, were they just sort of just lying dormant, or were they being used? No, they were dormant. So right. obviously there was the uh, the conflict in the Balkans in the nineties, um, and what happened to this shipyard? It was very very popular for commercial ship repairs through the seventies and eighties. And when the economic sanctions were imposed on Yugoslavia during that Balkan conflict, obviously there weren't commercial ships coming to be repaired and the, the shipyard actually went bankrupt and it never recovered from that. So it never reopened its doors and all of these vessels were just the ex-Yugoslavian navy that were lying dormant within the, the, the confines of the port. Well, it's certainly a fabulous transformation. And um, we, we've got we've got hotels, we've got residences and uh, all, all sorts of uh, things. And uh, what I'd like to do um, is uh, have a little chat um, in, in a few minutes uh, with John about uh, how, how the place has been built up with regard to apartments and hotels and, and uh, such. But before that, let's uh, let's listen to this. From Parma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio with Francis and Michael Howarth around the world. And we are in Porto Montenegro, and uh, it's a marina complex uh, with a fabulous hotel, which uh, which is where we're staying. It's called the Regent. It wasn't here when we were last here. And in fact, um, quite a lot wasn't here when we were last here. So John, your sales manager, you must have been doing quite a lot of selling to get it up uh, to uh, the, the state it's in. What have you sold? Michael, we've been selling here since 2009, uh, the residences. Uh, most of it is sold. We're currently constructing three new buildings, one of which is, is now uh, complete, and the other two will be ready for occupancy uh, come July. And these are apartments? That these are all selling. apartments, yes. 100% freehold apartments. Uh, so not we, like the docks then, not, not, not like the berths, they're not freehold. But No, that's, uh, that's a separate situation, but the, right. the apartments, the, uh, the residences are freehold 100%. They're not timeshare or anything associated with it. It's, it's once you buy it, it's yours. So John, what's coming next? We're looking uh, with the two, uh, well, we, we have two new apartment buildings that are coming online in July. Uh, we have... Uh, Things in the pipeline, such as I think there's going to be a, a great uh, shopping complex put in here. Maybe another hotel goes in. 
and uh, some more very nice apartment buildings are going to go in in the future. So there's a quite a nice little villagey feel centred around um, the, the the shopping centre that's here. You're saying that there's going to be an, another type of uh, shopping centre. I think we'll put in a like a shopping mall, uh, not just for the uh, for our development. It'll be for the town as well. So there's not really a, a shopping mall anywhere. Uh, closer than Cottle, and that's a, there's a small one there. But I think we'll put in a fairly good size, uh, and it may have another uh, hotel associated with it as well. Okay, so Tony, we were talking about Peter um, Peter Monk, the founder of this. I mean, if he were if he were to walk in through the door, would he would he slap you on the back and say, "Well done, chap," or would he say, "What the devil have you done that for?" No, he'd slap me on the back and he'd say, well done, my boy. That was his, um, that was his, the way he, he communicated. He was such a friendly guy. So he'd be proud of what, what's here? He'd be proud of everybody, yeah. yeah really, really, really proud. Is, yeah. isn't, isn't that great? The man with a vision would, uh, even though he's, what, dead t- two or three years? Uh, second year, second yeah, year, yeah. yeah. Sadly missed, but uh, but Very nevertheless. So. Um, but now new investment, presumably, and 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 the future of the uh, it, it's all secure. Yes, it is absolutely. So um, Porto Montenegro transitioned to ICD which is the Investment Corporation of Dubai, who um, now are very much um, focused on continuing to, to build on Peter Monk's legacy and, and uh, make sure that we have every amenity and opportunity um, that we really need to continue the success that Porto Montenegro has seen to date. Mm. But you're not going to uh, succeed without the yachts coming here. So what, what are you doing to get them to come? Well, I mean, that's the eternal question, and it was probably the first question as well. So um, I came here off the back of yachting. Um, the last thing I did was a was a 40-metre build in, in Turkey. Um, and Peter Monk was looking for, for someone who had a good background in yachting to, to answer that question. And basically, it was a wish list. It was, what do we need to do in order to create yachting in Montenegro and what should that wish list be so we've really been very heavily focused on crew we have many many amenities for for crew in terms of a crew club where they sign up and receive discounts and um, receive newsletters and Facebook announcements as to what's going on with our very active social calendar during the year Um, right through to you know sports club and pool and sailing boats and ski chalet in the winter and the list is is pretty endless yeah we we really focus on, on what we can do for those guys what other facilities are there here? Because we've talked about the berths and we've talked about the um, hotel and the apartments, but what else is there? Well, one of the great things about building a marina <coughs> from scratch is that you can build what is required by the industry at that time. So some of the older marinas suffer from lack of electricity supply, for instance, and the boats don't have enough power. We have more than enough power to supply even the largest boats out there. Um, we've got a duty-free fuel station that can deliver up to a thousand liters a minute, which uh, means that it, yeah, it really reduces the fueling time for these guys sitting here alongside when they're taking on large um, quantities and volumes of fuel. Um, and obviously, at a duty-free price, it um, brings it, it makes it very attractive, and we, we, we see a lot of traction on that. Um, and then just looking at the the service that we offer um, in terms of the staff on site, we have a twenty-four-seven concierge. We have marineros who are there to greet every single vessel. Um, there's no question that can't be answered, and there's no request that we don't meet. I'm got a, I've got a question for you. Um, we we were chattering about the submarines earlier. Um, what ever happened to the ones that uh, were here? Where did they end up? Um, some of them were scrapped um, because obviously there's a big value in steel, but, uh, <laughs> so they were literally cut up. Um, we've got two that we've retained and they're part of our natu- uh, national um, heritage collection in our museum. So they're actually an exhibit. You can walk through the, the submarine from bow to stern and we have some very knowledgeable curators down at the museum who can give you a very And this cool museum's on site? It's on site. So if you have time, you must go down there and, and have right. a look. Right. Okay. So, um, so the, the submarines didn't really go anywhere. They stayed here? Some of them, yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Or well, two of them. Two of them. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I remember when we were here last time that the local people were all really welcomed. Is that still true? Absolutely. Absolutely. Not just in terms of um, 
having access to the to the development itself and being able to walk around and enjoy the the ambience and the, the retail and food and beverage but also for um, employment so we employ um, I think we're up to in the summer now around 600 people including the staff at the hotel and the vast majority of those are local people um, if not from Tivat itself then certainly from the Montenegro surrounds. Okay, John, I mean, it could have all gone horribly wrong, couldn't it? You know, rich guys coming in, going to build um, residences for multimillionaires who dock their um, billionaire yachts uh, um, on, on the docks here. How, how, how conscious an effort did you make to, to ingratiate yourselves with, with the local population? I think a, a, a lot was put into it. I think that was one of the main uh, uh, tenets of, of the Peter right from the start to make sure that whatever we did were, included the locals and that what we did wasn't done in such a way that would offend them in any way. Right. And I think that's carried on. I think I, I, I remember when I came here 2010, it was. Uh, we were looked at a little bit uh, as still outsiders, but I think now it's. Uh, Mm. We're, we're we're one of the locals now. Yeah, and Tony, you were saying that uh, you know guys are, are are coming here and then going back into uh, back into the community with with sort of newfound wealth. Uh, but you're also telling us stories about locals um, coming becoming part of Super Yacht Cruise. Can can you tell us tell us a bit about that? Yeah, it's one of the really um, I, I, I warming sides of of the story here as well in in terms of the. Um, employment opportunities that the locals are seeing on the yachts. So um, one example that we talked about earlier was a, a very um, bright, interesting young lady who was waitressing in, in uh, one of the, the restaurants here. And she, a local girl. A local girl, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and she gained employment on board one of the super yachts as a stewardess and she's worked her way up, up to chief stewardess. She runs a team of stewardesses on board, and uh, it's a real success story. And she comes back here, and uh, she comes back. Yeah, sees her family. Yeah, she sees her family. She's invested in property. She's um, had a new, new um, set of opportunities presented to her through the industry, and and that's just one example. Don't tell John; he'll probably try and flog his one of one of his apartments. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he already has. <laughs> But that's on that level, even captains, so some of the smaller boats, the 30 meter boats, um, they will arrive and the, the crew on board will transition into a local crew. They're, the boats are based here, um, the crew have houses, families, lives here and, and they'll come down, look after the boat and then obviously take them out for the season with the owner. So you've talked about um, local yachts, uh, or, or should we say yachts, um, local, local crew working on yachts. Where, where do they go cruising? Is, there, is, is this a rich cruising ground or is this a, just a destination harbour? It is. I mean, Montenegro is, is a wonderful um, and, and spectacular mountainous region. Um, cruising is slightly limited. It's a small country, so it's slightly limited in Montenegro itself, but just we're on the doorstep of the Croatian islands. There's a thousand islands to the north of us, and uh, it doesn't matter how many times you go there, there's always something new to see. Mm. Deep water? I mean, mo mostly deep water, isn't it? Does that, does that make anchoring difficult? or? Uh, it's not that deep, no. I mean, it, there's, there's certainly places where you can't anchor, but certainly for the larger boats, they can anchor anywhere. Right. And um, a perennial question, I mean, this uh, is f formerly a war-torn war um, waters. I mean, the danger of mines being totally removed now, yeah? I mean, it's... Absolutely. It's, it, I mean, it's still marked on some charts, so it could, it could cause some captains a little bit of grief and a bit, a bit of worry, but... Well, Montenegro didn't see any active conflict, um, certainly in the last war, um, and when we... Uh, took over the port, we actually had a, a big mine sweeping operation that was not only done by humans, but interestingly, we had the US Navy come over with a, a fleet of trained dolphins. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. They um, So the dolphins use their sonar to find objects that are buried beneath the sand. And there's a rib that's floating around above them. And if um, they, they come back up to the surface and there's two different colored paddles and the dolphin will come up and say yes or no with their nose as to whether they found something on these different coloured paddles. And then the clearance diver will follow the dolphin back down to the seabed to investigate what it is they found. So a little bit of a sidestep story there. That's a lovely all, little sidestep. It's all it? about um, demining. And, and we found nothing of any nothing. significance. Huh? <laughs> so so <laughs> the dol dolphins were just pulling your leg. <laughs> exactly. I had, I had a, a 
two and a half year old daughter at the time and she got to you know touch a dolphin which was probably the highlight of her young life at the time it was a fantastic experience <laughs> what, what a neat little story and um we're gonna, we're gonna wrap uh, this uh, little sec- section up and we're going to play this and when we come back we're going to be chattering to uh, one of the captains uh, 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 of a large yacht here and um he'll tell us his side of the story you are listening to Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio, and this is Francis and Michael Howarth, and we are still in Puerto Montenegro, which is, as we have said earlier, one of the most fabulous destinations to bring a super yacht in the Adriatic. It's been a fabulous day, and we have been out and about. We have been to Kotor, and uh, we had lunch at a lovely little town whose name escapes me, um, Prisat, I think. Perast. Perast. Thank you. And that was my guest uh, correcting me. And uh, <laughs> so joining Francis and I is uh, Kai Dijkman. Um, did I say that right? Um, the German pronunciation would be Dijkman. Dijkman. But, uh, so I'm very used to Dijkman because Dijkman. Uh, I left Germany a long time ago. Dijkman it is. And uh, Kai is the uh, general manager at the Regent Hotel, a really lovely five-star hotel, very definitely uh, super yacht owner style. Got lots of uh, panache, lots of class, lots of uh, good things to say uh, about itself. And uh, we've enjoyed we, we, we've enjoyed uh, staying here, haven't we? We certainly have. Yeah, it's, it's been a very interesting time. And um, well, interesting. That's a, that's a boring oh, that's way. Interesting. Yeah. No, no. Interesting no, we've can be challenging. <laughs> interesting can be challenging. Yeah. No, no. I. I would very say comfortable. I would say it's been very comfortable. We are um, we are staying in 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 a wing of the hotel, um, and that's really sort of my 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 two my uh, perhaps a, a, a good question to mm-hmm. start with. Actually, Kai, um, tell us how the, the the hotel is made up and how it's sort of come about. Well, the hotel is now four years old, um, four and a half. It opened in uh, 2014 with the first wing, with the Venezia wing, um, which comprises of uh, 85 um, rooms and residences. And uh, then in 2017, the uh, second wing, uh, the Arco wing, was opened um, with an additional 55 units. And this year, uh, we'll be complete. We'll be opening our third wing, the buyer wing, with a total of uh, 70 units. So um, we will be then scratching uh, around the uh, 200 uh, room mark. That makes you a super hotel, doesn't it? <laughs> super Yacht Marina, Super, super Hotel, in, don't you think? Well, we most, for, for hoteliers, it's also always about the level of service, not about the number of rooms. One of the one of the things that I think really impressed Francis and I was mm. the, the the lovely uh, decor in the Venezia wing. It, it it was very reminiscent of of indeed a super yacht, isn't it? I mean, well, that's the that's the concept basically because um, you the the initial uh, owners and uh, founders of the of the marina were very involved in the hotel decor and they wanted it to feel like you're on a super yacht. There's rounded edges, there's no sharp edges, so you do, you have the the handrail in the corridors, so it's really, um, really, the idea was to create a super yacht on land. Mm. It, it works too. But you decided to make the other two wings very different. Um, that's correct. Um, they are a bit more, a bit lighter in uh, in in uh, decor, in, in coloring, um, and the main idea was there really to have the pool club residences the around the pool deck uh, the 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 large outdoor pool and to to tailor it more for families so that they can enjoy the pool uh, the proximity to the pool facilities now this isn't just a hotel where you come and rent a room is it it's more than that you can buy into it yes you can um and that's why i was a bit uh non-specific with the actual numbers uh, of, uh, of hotel rooms when I said script and stretching around the 200 mark because um, the individual units uh, ranging from studio size uh, about um, 42 square meters up to the penthouse of uh, 450 square meters are individually owned and uh, the owner can then decide whether he would like the unit to be placed in a rental pool and us as regent uh, the operator to rent it for them when they're not on site. So there's, there's quite a few berths have been sold to uh, super yacht owners. Yes. Um, have any of the residences been sold to super yacht owners? Oh, yes, most certainly. So We have, we have actually quite a few owners who 
who have their yachts here uh, in, in the marina. Right, and so um, th that, that gives a, a real sort of flexibility to, to the whole operation, doesn't it? It does, and it's a, it's a beautiful synergy between the marina, the yacht, and the hotel on land. Mm. So what other facilities are there here? We've talked about the rooms, but there's more to a hotel than just rooms, isn't it? Um, yes, we we obviously we have our restaurant Murano, which was uh, voted the best restaurant in Montenegro last year by the official Montenegrin Award. So it was not a journalist award; it was a um, real um, uh, official governmental award, uh, the Wild Beauty Award. Um, so we have a beautiful kitchen there. We have our gourmet corner uh, with homemade patisserie, macarons, cakes. Um, nice, uh, nice uh, light lunches, salads. Um, then obviously the spa, very important in a hotel uh, when and after a, a busy day out on the beach, you'd like to uh, relax. So you have um, the spa with the heated indoor outdoor pool. Yet, have we? we you have the not spa. tried that no, yet. No, 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 but we have tried the pool. Yeah, oh, we have. Yeah. One of the pools. <laughs> <laughs> One of the three pools. How about that? That is that is correct. We have uh, we have the initial pool, um, which is attached to the spa, which is a bit. Uh, Quieter, I'm, I may uh, say. Then we have the the pool uh, podium with uh, the two infinity pools, uh, two kids pools, mm. uh, about 180 sun loungers, uh, which is open from the 1st of May until the 15th of October. Whereas the other two pool, the indoor pool and the Venezia pool, are open year round. Yeah, it's very comfortable. I can I can vouch for that. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've got all these um, uh, um, amenities, and um, the, the the who is who is using besides yeah. those people who come to uh, for for the super yachts. I mean, who yeah. else is using? Where's the clientele <clears throat> coming from? Um, well, our our biggest market is the uh, is the UK. So uh, twenty percent of our guests are actually from the United Kingdom. Mm -hmm. um, then the number two market is the uh, USA. Um, with 18%, and uh, number three would be uh, Russia, uh, because of the close proximities uh, historically between the countries. Um, the, the reason for staying with us is really very varied. Um, some come just for the relaxation, some come for the arts, some come to discover Montenegro. Uh, Montenegro is a small country, so within a two-hour range you can discover the Tara Canyon, the Dumito National Park. You can go to the Skada Lake, one of the largest inland lakes uh, in Europe with 1,100 different bird species. So there is the explorers uh, of Montenegro as well. Uh, so really varied reasons. So how long do people generally come here for? Um, about four nights is the, uh, is the average length of stay, um, which uh, then allows you for, for a day of relaxation, a day of discovery, and then a day of flexibility prior to uh, leaving. Well, we can certainly vouch for the fact that there's lots to do. As I said, we were in Kocho today, yep. and we saw the most enchanted little island uh, called uh, Saint uh, Our Lady of the Rocks, and uh, that was that was great fun uh, to see that. And for the very first time, although we've seen it several times from the deck of a yacht, uh, we actually managed to land on it. It's a fascinating little place, isn't it? It is absolutely stunning. It's, and it's, it's a is. gem to look at. And <clears throat> it's a gem to visit. It really is. And there's so much history. Yes. Um, attached to it um, from from the way it was uh, it was originally built. It's a man-made island. Uh, did you uh, did you go behind the altar and actually touch the original rock which was protruding from the sea? No. Yeah. Wow. You can do that. Oh, oh gosh. Now now you tell us. You should have told us before we went. <laughs> oh well, never mind. But it's a jolly good reason to come back, isn't it? It is. So would you have us back? Absolutely. You see, I always like I always like to trap people into uh, on 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 air. Five percent say, "Can you can we come back?" And <laughs> it's, it's a bit it, sneaky. It is honestly. It is a bit a sneaky. great pleasure having you and uh, and having the voice out in the UK and, uh, and around the world in the in the in the super yachts uh, sector. So please. So you hear you heard it here on Super Yacht Radio. Kai has welcomed Francis and I here not once but uh, for the next time too. And with that, Kai, we want to say thank you so much for joining us on the show. We've enjoyed having you. I'm so glad that you've enjoyed having oh. us. Uh, I want to thank you for having us because you have and your team have looked after us incredibly well. I promise you this. that um, Impressive staff. Impressive. Really attentive. Mm. You want for nothing when, you, when you're here. I, I, I'll say it. More out. than five star. Definitely. Definitely. Five-star plus service in a five-star hotel. Absolutely stunning. Thank you so much for having us. And uh, we're going to play this.
From Palma de Mallorca to the global super yacht community, Super Yacht Radio. This is Super Yacht Radio, and that was uh, around the world because we've come to the end of another show. Francis and I have enjoyed ourselves. Yeah, agree. Oh, it's been wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's a a very special place. And I think that Montenegro is is a very wonderful, welcoming place. The people are being special, haven't mm, they? Yeah, I like the food though too. Uh, was uh, <laughs> went for a pizza. I must just tell you uh, this: we went for a pizza at a pizza shop, and uh, was told, "Don't don't be tempted by the meat. Just eat the pizza." And then the waiter came out and um, showed us this huge John Dory fish that had just been brought in by the local fishermen, and. Um, told us we couldn't have it on a pizza, but we could have it grilled, but it was delicious, wasn't it? It really was. And that was in El Posto Cuisto restaurant mm. in the in the marina, wasn't well, it? Well remembered, well it remembered. Wasn't that long ago, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, we're well remembered by the name. I, 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 there are a lot of very good restaurants yeah. here in the marina. Yeah. You don't want for anything here. And all different, too. Yeah, the Japanese one was fun. And I like. I have a favourite, um, the one. Go to the one for lunch. It's by the by that iconic um, crane, not so very far away. And Murano's in the... Well, reg- we're, we're going to eat there in a very few moments. Yeah. Murano's, I'm going to say. Murano's is where you have breakfast and we're going We're going to go have dinner in, in a few minutes. Our farewell dinner. Yep. Yeah, last thing, and we're off uh, tomorrow morning. Yes. Back to the UK. So that's it. Wraps up uh, around the world. We have um, seen and met and chatted with some uh, really, really interesting people. Uh, They brought this place to life. Uh, They brought us here, uh, which is even more important. Uh, We thank them for their generosity and their kindness and their hospitality yeah particularly um, those of uh, those of you who took us out to lunch and din dins <laughs> and we can't praise the staff of the hotel highly enough they no, they really were, gone that extra mile they they, they they almost sort of look at you and guess next guess or best guess what you're going to do next without making it at all uh, apparent very very like the crew of a well-run super yacht i would say <sighs> right so, Time to wrap up? Yep, Super Radio, uh, over and out. You're listening to Around the World on Super Yacht Radio.